0: We'll support
1: you till the end of the day We're so happy Following the blues We love you, what more can we say? Ah, one of my favourite tunes of all time, that one Welcome to the Tilt Talk Show, it's 30 on Monday night It's yeah, 3 to 8 o'clock we have got a cracker for you it's got an absolute cracker. Uh, this show, of course, is sponsored by Bowlsport. which is sponsored by the, Court, court. And We'll be talking about the, uh, the Stoke City game, the normal ending game. Uh, but now I'm going to introduce you to tonight's team, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Chris Brown. Good evening, all the way from down there... Yes, yeah, sir, with his cricket jumper on, mate, with his cricket jumper on. The one and only chairman of the board, Alan Watton.
2: Good evening, everybody, from a sunny Sussex. It was wonderful
1: today. <laughs> we all wanted to know that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> I hate you.
3: <laughs> the inimitable Mr. Courtney. Good evening, everyone, and just to add, welcome to Sunny Sunny Hall. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you're in the right. rough. Well,
1: he's
0: in the rough part. F- don't
3: worry about yeah. it. Fifty
1: miles north of there, it's cloudy. So, <laughs> <laughs> and all the way from Coventry, Coventry, ladies and gentlemen, Coventry. Where? What place? On Prince's oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. It's been uh, grey here as usual, <laughs> and back from the jolly, jolly, jolly holidays all the way down there in sunny Florida. Welcome, Black Claire Giblin.
4: <laughs> 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 to be back. Nice in the hoo uh, <laughs>
1: We'll talk about your holiday in a minute, Joe. And for myself, good evening and welcome. But our special, 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 special guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is somebody from my era. And uh, it's it's an absolute joy, a pleasure and an honour, the one and only Gordon Taylor OBE. Who are
3: you? Who are
5: you? Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you. As it was to visit Birmingham just the other Saturday. It was great. Great to be back.
1: Yeah, superb. Uh, Gordon, my life, my goodness gracious me. I don't know whether you can remember uh, when we, we played Newcastle in some kind of milk cup or something, and Tony Fex- one got his leg broke up at Newcastle. Yeah, I remember. And then we, we played Newcastle the following Saturday afternoon. I'm sure you are in the programme as being in the very, very first team that I ever went to watch at Birmingham City Football Club. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Great days, great days.
5: That was a bit of a grim night up at Newcastle. It wasn't quite the Newcastle that they have today, but. I didn't
1: go, to be honest with you, not to oh, but yeah. My dad, My dad took me in, and I remember like, walking up past the Kingston Bingo Wall, uh, the houses that had been bombed out in the war, you know, and walking into St Andrews. Fell in love that day, never been out since. Not once. Not oh, once, really. I've that's had moments, don't
5: up, get me wrong. Uh, yeah, Jim Smith, I think. Got... Jim Smith, crikey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smith, only once yeah. had a bit of a personal feud, as I remember. Yeah. But then again, I remember playing with Bolton when we needed to get a win up there, and uh, I uh, used to take the corner kicks. Win Davis, we had big, tall, Welsh centre forward. <laughs> First five minutes, I got a chance of taking a corner, got it up high, looked for him, and he was laid flat on the ground. <laughs> John McGrath had just floored him, and then uh, Jim Harvey—was uh, he called Joe Harvey? Came in at the end of the game, because they got promotion to uh, give us a bottle of champagne and we told him in no uncertain terms.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you see, what what the kids don't understand now, Gordon, is, is that back in that time, right, that era, the 70s, you played on mud. You played with a big heavy ball. Mm-hmm. You played with your hand on your heart and a lion up your sleeve. And you played for a football team and for the 30, 40, 50,000 people that were in that stadium around you, making one of the most intense, incredible noises I can ever remember in my lifetime.
5: I think that's that's really good of you, the way you've described it, because the Birmingham crowd were fantastic, not just when we are doing well, but when we needed to beat teams like Norwich to stay up on our first season. And when you played at uh, at the baseball ground, Derby County. It was like the World War One trenches, really. Tin Alley. I liked it, And then, of course, you had players like, um, oh, Limey Charlie, like the... Um, Tommy Smith, I suppose, they always laughed, said that, you know, when I had an England schoolboy trial with him and he, he came off that day with a leg that was uh, badly cut and bruised and he hadn't a clue it belonged to.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> but what hunter, is he? you had norman bite your legs hunter and he was oh yeah. 74 it was the very first pfa awards dinner and i was on the committee then i'd been on the committee since being the delegate for birmingham city when ray martin put me forward and uh went down to the awards dinner there yeah and uh I suppose, uh, blimey Norman, bite your legs, Hunter. But he was that was an unusual choice to go for a defender. That's how highly he was thought of. But he was, uh, he was highly regarded by his fellow pros. And the young player of the year was, God bless him, another top quality centre back defender, Kevin Beatty. Really? Kevin yeah. Beattie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. Uh, yeah Gordon, yeah. you're, you're going to name drop a lot of people, uh, tonight that we're going to go.
5: Wow. Well my best time, my best time was when I um I was just saying to Chris before when uh, Jim Smith um bought me for Bolton Wanderers being uh, 76 on deadline day. He got me from Birmingham, Freddie Goodwin had gone then, which is another story. Willie Bell was in charge and he signed me from Birmingham and uh Dave Wagstaff from uh, from Wolves. Mm and then uh, we kept him up and then first season i got a stress fracture in my leg you know jim because of, because of, he came down to birmingham but i went for an x-ray it didn't show up and i was playing for about three months with a broken leg and he said oh i've made a bad sign in uh i said i can't run and then i went for the x-ray again and they had to apologize to the hospital and said it's a stress fracture so it's not settled anyway Moving on, I was lucky. let me go to Vancouver in the summer of 77 to play with Vancouver Whitecaps. Derek Posse from Millwall came over. Tony Waiters was the manager, and I had one of the best nights of my life because we played Cosmos, New York Cosmos. It was Pele's very last season. eventually won the league when Muhammad Ali came on. I got a great picture of him together. But that night in Vancouver, the Empire Stadium where Gordon Perry had run against John Landy in the 50s. You could see the Pacific Ocean. You could see the mountains of British Columbia. We had a full crowd, 30,000. And believe it or not, we were 3-0 up after 20 minutes, and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. And uh, we won the match 5-3, and I got the, they call it most valuable player. I got the man of the match award. And after that, I thought, well, if nothing else, to play against a team that had Pele Beckenbauer. Fullback um, oh, hey, oh. Carlos Alberto Kinaglia That was a gr- that was. Uh, have, that you was great that award, have you
1: still got that award, Gordon? Have you still got that award?
5: Yes. But yes. right,
0: I'll
1: give you my address. After. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my old mate Gordon. My old mate Gordon. know <laughs> you, but mate. Surely you can pass me a little bit of plastic across One the incredible to
0: cl- claim to find that is! <laughs> what an incredible claim to find. Absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, expl- Sorry, Chris. Go ahead, just for you, to explain to the kids today, right, the the players and the younger ones, yeah, what the seventies was actually like as a footballer. We, we were we were in there thirty five minutes before the game would start, and and we'd be singing like it was mad, mm-hmm. it was absolutely crazy. And now we there was more atmosphere on the moon than there is at St Andrews at the minute.
5: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, but there was, as you say, I've just, uh, somebody just sent me a shot of Sky, Sky Sports when uh, talking about the 70s compared to now, and the pitches were, of course, the baseball ground was, mm-hmm. was known for it, but the pitches, you just got used to it, really. There was, and the 70s was a difficult time, wasn't it, for everybody to get through, and then coming through, Blimey, to the 80s. We'd not got rid of all the behavior without all the tragedies. So quite seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, when I did retire and started the job with the PFA, the first job really was to try and make sure we got the game cleaned up, really. It was being used by a lot of political extremists and, you know, the disasters we had in the 80s. And Mm -hmm. uh, my friend, and of course, you know him, Howard Kendall. Yeah, uh, yeah. They'd won the league with Everton after getting Andy Gray and what have you, and they couldn't get into Europe because we were banned from Europe. So to have the meetings with the likes of Lord Justice Taylor and the police didn't even weren't even sending information from London to Manchester when the same troublemakers were causing trouble and there wasn't a national network. So we got, as you know, we got all-seater stadiums, closed-circuit mm-hmm. television was really... You know, a major player. We had, we tried to clean the game up and make it, uh, well, all the politicians wrote us off in the 80s. If you remember, Margaret Thatcher was going to introduce identity cards to even get into a game, and football blamed the government, and government blamed football. When in the end, I thought, you know, as usual, we've all got to work together because it's our biggest game. It's part of the tapestry of our life and we've got to clean it up. And I think uh, we made big strides in the eighties so that by the nineties, unbelievably, your politicians like Tony Blair wanted to claim the mm-hmm. biggest football fan ever, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not as busy as fan for most admit. me. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
5: cleaning the game up has been
1: fundamental in, 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 in what we've got now. And, and, and again, you know, the tragedies are the tragedies we can't go back, we can't change time, one. we cannot. Uh, I think we've learned a massive amount from them with uh, all-seater stadium. Now, St Andrews is going to have a safe standing area in the Tilton. Isn't it about time we now as football fans got treated by the authorities and by the governing bodies as human beings?
5: Well, I mean, the, the difference now... And hear what you say, but as it was then, you know, I'd, even when I'd just retired, taking my sons to go to Barry, where I used to play, finish my career, <laughs> and they were playing Blackpool, and the police were letting the fans get on with it and have a major fight on the car park. You know, it was uh, it was quite horrendous, and no place where you'd even think of having women or or your children to go with you. So there was, there has been. Uh, a lot of progress made, and I think there is that sensitive issue about if you have uh, standing again and something goes wrong, you've still got Hillsborough to think about. I'm just reminded when Newcastle United played at Sheffield, though, they hadn't really learnt a lesson because there was problems. There was problems then, and I do remember at the time, before uh, that game at Hillsborough against Forest. Peter Robinson, who was the secretary at Liverpool, rang me up. I was with the PFA and he said, Gordon, I'm really worried about the forthcoming semi-final. We had trouble last year. We, they've put us in at that same uh, Leppins Road end. And uh, could you please ring uh, Graham Kelly at the FA and to tell him to change it? And I said, well, I'll do my best. And I rang up Graham Kelly and he uh, he said, "Well, I'm sorry, Gordon. I can't do anything." I said, "Well, as Peter Robinson, he's experienced last year. He knows. He knows the potential trouble again, and it's just not. You know, it's not right. It's not big enough." And then he said, "Well, we can't do anything at all about it. The police are totally in charge of safety." And it reminded me when, of course, Liverpool were in the final at Paris, you can't just blame the police. You've got to look to the people who organised the game at UEFA, it was in Paris, and the FA organised it in England. And that's why, you know, they needed to take uh, quite a number of seats out there. And it is up to the game to organise, as it, it has a duty of care as you're saying to spectators, the same as a theatre does. If it's an orchestra playing, Absolutely or, or anywhere, it really
1: matter anywhere,
5: it's the same everywhere. And normally in business, it's those the duty of care to the customer has to be top of the list.
0: Craig, Craig, I hope Craig, sorry, Craig, I hope you keep in note of all the questions that are coming in for Gordon because there's, yeah, there's, there's, uh,
3: ton, there's tons of them. So uh, <laughs> maybe, i guess just we... to go back a little bit, actually, so yeah. so Gordon, looking back on uh, your your time at, at, at Birmingham, and I will say my dad was a, a massive fan of yours whilst uh, being down there on the old cop, um, and said many a time seeing you up and down that wing uh was just superb. And um Shall we sing so the song? Sleeping? Shall we sing
0: the song? Gordon, Gordon Taylor <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. You can remember it, Chris. Yeah, no, I can't. Um, Unfortunately, okay.
5: I'll tell you what, I've not been back for years, of course, after leaving in 76 and being back the other day for the Birmingham game and walking around the ground and the number of people who were shouting out and remembered <laughs> times when I was playing. I thought, blimey, Charlie, it's really like coming home. Have a good, good day. coming
1: home, you know, because you're part of their lives. Mm-hmm. You're part of their but You're part of their growing up, yeah, right? True. Uh, and, and you appeared on our football ground. Mm-hmm. Of course it's coming home. You're one of us. Yeah. You're blue through and through. <laughs> you played for us. You scored for us. You defended for us. You put your your body on the line for us, right? And, True. And that wing, my goodness me, when you were in front of that cop and you were firing down that wing, it was like someone else. It was special. <laughs> yeah. That, you're revered at St Andrews. Yeah. Sorry, Craig, I interjected.
3: And no, I was just going to say, you know, uh, 166... Uh, turnout for, for Birmingham nine goals I believe during your time mm-hmm. at the club between 1970 and 76 so it's a, a, a great time and, and we know from seeing well, well, what I
5: always remember there. one that should have been allowed and wasn't not from yeah. me but from Bob Atten when uh, we played Liverpool away having just got promoted and we were we went three I managed to get the first one then not one in um, Bob Latchford knocked it down for Bobby Hope, and then anyway we were like three up, three one up. Then they got level three three. Then I put in a perfectly good cross um, for Bob Hatton, and the referee gave a foul. And it was the it was the Liverpool centre half Trevor Stoughton, who was the deputy centre half, who hit Ray Clements, and the referee gave the free kick the wrong way, and then uh, from the free kick. Um, well, Keegan touched it onto Toshak and they won four three, but it was a real we were really robbed. Oh, that
0: trip. was that was a game enough. I remember it I remember on match of the day that was and many. Yeah.
5: Yeah. We got beat four three. Anyway, we got we did get we did beat Liverpool, but it wasn't the same as beating them at Liverpool, and oh, we were robbed wow. that day. Yeah, mm. well, actually, that leads But we motion. had some great we had some great last minute games with the one that got us promotion, and then the one that kept us up. I can remember knocking a free kick in for Kenny Burns against Norwich, and it was as though we'd won the league. And then mine just stayed up. I <laughs> I love my time there, and. I, Quite seriously, I did. I think the crowd's great, and I love the supporters. It was. I was
1: on the pitch that day after Norwich. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, the six, yeah, glorious matches, which I emptied out. Nipped a bit of turf. I took it. I had it for years, and I've lost it. I ain't got it anymore. So. Yeah,
0: I think every, everybody was on the pitch then. I, think I was on the tin oh, roof. Man, on the tin God, okay. roof. I what, was, oh, my God.
1: What a noise. It was a crescendo. Uh, you know, it was taking the roof off St Andrews. It really was. And, uh, and right. it was all over, like, Central News with Gary Newbon and one thing and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just mm-hmm. one of those moments that you'll never, ever forget if you were there. Not ever. The joy, the elation. We are the only football team in the world that can celebrate staying up like somebody else winning the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, we are up in yeah, the right, Champions.
3: Yeah. Craig, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, Gordon, it was. It's interesting. One of the questions that came through actually, um, and as, as you were talking about, there actually being robbed by by a referee was nowadays. What do you think of the type of play and the way the game has changed? And do you think the referees actually now? Along with VAR, interfere too much and therefore the game has become soft.
5: I always worried when they talked about VAR. I think I thought it was a good thing for deciding whether the ball was over the line for a goal or not. But once you start bringing it into pretty well every area of the pitch and what have you, I think it's stopped a lot of the instant. You know happiness that a goal brings and I can remember being at different grounds when they've had to wait and sometimes they think they've won a major game and it turns out they've not and mm. <laughs> it, it stopped a lot of that enjoyment and the only trouble is it sounds like a bit you're a bit of a dinosaur if you put your head in the sand and say no you know we can't have that when you've seen it with cricket and you see it with tennis and it's the modern age but I, I I don't know. I, I also know when I, you know, see the sort of football these days, everybody's trying to play it out from the back and <laughs> across the area. I can remember Kenny Burns saying to me, you know, he did that once. And Brian Clough said, if you ever do that again, you never play for me again. You know, playing a ball square across the penalty area. Cause it's like thin ice and an accident waiting to happen. <laughs> and, and these days there's so many teams do that. I mean, you can say, well, you know, you can play direct football too much, but you can also play it too much without. I, as a winger, i have just on the doorstep of Burnley. And, I mean, he's done a great job, Vincent Company, and he's brought a whole new team together. Yeah. Uh, but he's got two brilliant flank men. And to see wingers going down the wing, putting across good balls that just need touching in, I think it's one of the finest sights in the game. Excellent. Uh, Bo Brum is come to make a
1: weekly appearance on the Silky
3: Talk Show. There she is, oh, she He's a bunny cat. Bo Brumby, your name is. <laughs> Go on, Craig. Gordon, one of the other questions, and he's just following on from where you were talking about cleaning up the game, really. And uh, Nigel Mann has sent a, an interesting message through, which was um, Birmingham obviously had a bit of a reputation with with fans and some of the the trouble at the time. Um, so, did you ever no, have there was, the was a death
5: at Birmingham wasn't it? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's um, late it was a, there? It's
1: Leeds in nineteen a seventy-five. A death was
5: at it. Birmingham. There's a terrible fire at Bradford. You know, we had you know major incidents. we were banned. we were out of Europe. It did need it did need a, a national coordinated response, and I think the genuine football followers and football lovers were behind that, and I think they've, they've been pleased with what they've seen. And I know it's always pleased people to be able to stand up, but having all-seater stadiums meant that the real culprits could be easily identified, and from that point of view, with closed-circuit cameras, it did. The game did need that, and now whether it's made enough progress to you know, to look at safe standing, um, you, you, you're always mindful of uh, mm of what can happen. Sometimes it's, you know, when the European final was guilty of not even holding that properly with mm-hmm. the UEFA, um, I think we need to be quite mindful of that as well.
1: I get that, but you know something? Now I'm more happy uh, to sit at St Andrews with my son and my granddaughter than I would have been in 1976, 1974, 1975. It's a, it's a different... It's a different world now. It is a different world. A lot of work, a lot of progress has been made. and uh, But you know what? We we, we Obviously, the, the, the big game for us, as you well know, is them up at B6 up the road, right? When they come to our place. And uh, we had West Midlands Police Football in Unicorn in right? And we were chatting to them and they said they would come back after the game and we would re-review it, yeah? And some things happened that, you know, our supporters, and, and certainly we, were not happy about when they drafted a lot of police officers in from Wales who, number one, don't get and understand what Birmingham City versus that team is like, right? Uh, and number two, they just it in, right? And they admitted it and they said, we will never, ever do that again. Never. Now that's pulling your hands up and saying we got it wrong.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we've seen what's happened down with the Metropolitan Police. We've got to be careful thinking that natu- having more police naturally means a safer, more caring society. You know, it's uh, the police at times need looking at because one of the major changes when you said about, I remember terrible really in the 70s that the way that football fans were just frog marched from the station mm-hmm. to the ground. It was like, you know, it was, you thought you were back in fascist Germany or God knows where, the way that <laughs> football supporters were treated. That needed to be changed. And I think, hopefully. You know, that's that's where we're at, at uh on what we're doing, but it does need it does need good stewarding and I think it needs safe areas and I think it's good for all clubs that I, I wanted well in mean time at a PFA to make sure that there was a corporate responsibility for a club with its community programs to reach out to everybody in the city or the town, wherever they were to let them know because football is that is the one sport it's sort of embodied in our culture but it is the one place where most members of a community get together on a regular basis and it's it's capable of making a big improvement to people's Mm -hmm. lives and i think it shouldn't just be a football club where if you're winning more people come than if you're losing it needs to be that hub of a wheel that can do so much for good in a city
1: yeah absolutely and um there is a lot more to do, believe me. There's a,
5: mm. a lot more to do. And well, I do. I honestly, if you're asking me about Midlands folk, I thought they were brilliant. I was down there mm. six years and it was one of the best times of my life. Mm. Craig,
0: yeah. Craig, do you want to take take note of some of the questions and we come back to them? Or can get on with you? Yeah,
3: I've got just one more before well, we move on. I think uh, Martin Swinscoe said, uh, can we ask Gordon, what do you actually feel like after the semi-final defeat at Main Road? Oh, <laughs> And he's still bitter and gutted, still, still doesn't like Fulham to this day. So, God <laughs> oh, bless him. How how did it make you feel?
5: Well, you've just got to get over something that happened forty-eight years, two months, three hours, five minutes, sixty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> how do I feel? I've, an I've, never felt as, yeah. I've never felt as <laughs> I've never felt as I've never felt as bad as in all my life. But it was like. My dad was waiting outside. I couldn't believe it. I I thought I'd scored. Peter Meller had an absolute blinder in the semi-final. And then when it got to the final against West Ham, and I'd been told before the semi-final, not to worry, you'll get to the final. I've had a dream and Taylor scores two goals in the final. I thought, that's a bit far-fetched. And my God, he did, but he was playing with West Ham when he beat <laughs> Alan Taylor. But uh, that night at Main Road, I came out, the ground and it was like it was dark It was blowing it was newspapers programs and there was the fulham coach with bobby moore mullery and uh uh, tommy trinder the chairman All champagne bottles going off and my dad and my uncle who lived nearby in ashton underline they were waiting for me and i i I couldn't speak i was so gutted because if there was one thing i wanted for my dad it was to play in a cup final, and I'd, uh, you know, I'd, I'd uh, we'd had the chance for Birmingham, of course, against Leeds when I played all the games. Then he left me out for the semi final against Leeds in our promotion year, and then uh, I got on as a sub when we were about 3-0 down with two minutes to go. So I, I you know, I told Freddie Goodwin, "I'm not Superman," got it there, but, <laughs> but, but with Fulham, we really thought we had a chance because we yeah. were there top division team, but they did have some good experience in there. But the way the go and the ricochet with John Mitchell, it, you know, Dave Latchford, oh, God, it ricocheted off him. I can see it now. And Joe Gallagher yeah. running back, and then I thought he'll clear it, and he slipped. And uh, it was, uh, no, it's not the sort of thing you forget, because there was, as a, not a journeyman player, but, you know, it's always difficult to play for your country but but I thought to win the FA Cup, the FA Cup's always meant a lot to us ever since the very first final I saw when I was born in forty-four. And then I, the first final I saw was on black and white TV, the Matthews final in nineteen fifty three against Bolton Wanderers. And then so every final since I've seen every final since then. And uh, like when Bolton beat Man United in 58 and you just know the teams like you'd know your Birmingham teams when they played City. But with Bolton, it was Hopkinson, Otto Banks, Henning, Higgins, Edwards, Birch, Stevens, Lofthouse, Parry, Holden. They just ran. You know, if you were a fan, you knew the team and you knew who'd won the cup and how many. And I was in a a council estate and we used to have Charles Buckens Football Monthly and we'd all... We'd either be playing football or getting autographs. And the idea was talking about competitions and things was to who could get most autographs in their Charles book and soccer gift book. And that was life. It was just old football. So yeah. to actually play. To, and then my local club was Hurst Wesleyan. She had to go to Sunday school. Then they became Ashton Amateurs. Then it became Curzon Ashton. And they've made the National League North. And I've seen them when they've played and beaten. Uh, Exeter They beat Exeter, C- Exeter City in the Hello. first round okay. FA Cup And this year they played Cambridge in the first round mm-hmm. And then they drew And then drew at Cambridge and got knocked out with penalties Our The way our system works Not just the four leagues at the top But then National League National League North and South I don't know a country in the world As small an island like we are That has so, The highest aggregate Attendances in the world the other week, two teams from Division 1, Bolton and Plymouth, played in the Papa John's final at Wembley. Yeah. There were 79,000. crowd. Yeah, that was a great crowd. The great biggest career. crowd in the whole of Europe. Yeah. And that was testimony to how we've sort of looked at and my time with the PFA. When the Premier League started, everybody thought that's the end of the Football League. Mm-hmm but I played in America and there was the playoff system and we you know that kept interest and it has kept interest and that's what we introduced and different things like that because we managed to keep the football league going it, it's just the crowds for players it's just uh it's a very special part of our life football and to be a part of that and to be a part of that with the clubs I've been to has made me feel very privileged. Okay inside
1: a... A of has made me feel very privileged. Right mm-hmm. to be part of. I mean, to do this, I have met that many people. You've met dr- named Doctor Q there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Dave Latchford was in the studio a few months ago. Uh, uh, Big Joe, uh, two or three times. With, you, you know, and I've met people and spoken to people. I would never, ever have thought that that my life would entail that entail that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been such a pleasure over the last eleven years to do this. I mean, none of us get paid for this, Gordon, by the way. None of us, yeah. not one. You're <laughs> certainly
5: Well, I'm you're not certainly. asking a fee either. <laughs> and you're certainly not going to. And you're certainly
1: not going to. Right, I'm just going to change tack for a couple of minutes. Claire, my little flower. Come on, well, tell well, us about your holiday. You've got three minutes, 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: was cold. Nine.
3: Hello. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well, yeah, it
4: was good. It was all right, to be fair. Yeah. Poland. Went to all the concentration camps. It was uh, an eye-opener, to be there. I wouldn't say it was a fun holiday. It was uh, an educational one. But, yeah, it was good. Oh, did Thank you get Polish caught up year. in the storms, storm? hello
1: Did you get caught up in the storms?
4: No, no, no. Um, we did have a bit of snow. But um, the Polish was lovely. Yeah, well, 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 hang
1: on. It is colder.
4: You were,
5: Florida. were you in Florida?
4: No, I went to Poland?
5: Where did oh, you get that oh, from, Nick? <laughs> oh, the concentra- there's, no concentration, <laughs> there's no, no concentration. No, I, concentration I do, no. I'm checking the riff.
4: Yeah. I, <laughs> I went to um, Auschwitz and Birkenau.
1: Auschwitz and Birkenau. Now, I went there a few years ago, as everybody knows. Um, every time I mention those two words, I promise you, the only two Jace things bumps. that do it for me, Birmingham Juice club, <laughs> those yeah. two words. What an experience. Mark, uh, great, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I
4: think- yes. it was
3: an eye-opener,
4: but...
3: I think and you, glad, came glad back,
4: back.
3: <laughs> you came, came back. back and came back to the uh, the, the Sunderland game at the uh, at the weekend. Good interjection,
0: uh, good interjection.
3: Uh, yeah. Obviously, after our... Uh, I'm not even going to call it a game against Stoke. I mean, that was the most oh. boring <coughs> thing
4: boring.
3: I that's, have seen for a long yeah, time. that's horrendous. Um, but on, on to the weekend and... Uh, Fair to say disappointed in terms of defending. Um, Mm. But what a superb goal for for Birmingham. And and nice to see George all get on the score sheet as well. Um, So, uh, I I guess, Claire, I can't ask you whether you went because I know this was your first weekend for a very long time where you haven't been. I I am disgusted. I think it's terrible. Um, But I think you watched the game. So, uh, thoughts on, on Saturday?
4: Um. I think we we're unlucky to leave with a draw. It's just typical that the defending, sometimes we are a bit lacklustre or we just switch off, especially the first goal. Um, I generally think Chong was the best player. Brilliant.
3: Um,
4: I think he he actually showed a little bit of why we wanted him in the first place. Um, just wish he played like that every week, to be honest. Um, Kadra again had a good game. Um, I think... Again, did he leave the subs till too late to change it or to add a little bit more? So when Jordan James came on, we looked different. Um, again, Jukovic, he played well. You bring Scott Hogan on. You know, you take Kadra off, which means that like Diallo. So I had to do um, a little bit for the Sunderland fans thing. Um, I had to do a write-up and I spoke about the Diallo. And he is a good player. He is somebody <clears throat> that I hope we might even go for. Mm-hmm. Um depending on, you know, how he is at Man United, because he's a good player. Um, he's got pace, he's got trickery. Mm. Um and it's just it was a typical blues performance. You think, oh well one look, this is great and then they hit a goal and then we can't hold on, that's our problem. Um, we don't I don't either think go you... for it, or we don't hold. It's
1: mm, I don't think you can take away how good those two Sunderland goals were. though they were good.
4: Mm. But poor defending, though. You know he's left footed. You show him down the right, and be, we yeah, went. Yeah, go yeah, on yeah, then. Okay, yeah. Go on then. Go on then. And then <laughs> um, Hannibal turned. He's back, and we were against ten men. And it's like I don't know. Eustace is kind of a bit too safe for me sometimes. How many times is that?
1: Go uh, for it!
2: Yeah. Mm. Um, now, Watto, did you watch Hall the game? Winner? Hang on, I did. I did watch the game. Yeah, and, and my and the three blokes that I I slaughtered the week from from the Stoke game, uh, i.e., Chung, Bakuna and Hall, were the star men. Mm. Uh, so they obviously listened to me, uh, but they, <laughs> they did. They did. Um, I mean, the, the, the goal was. It was a good team goal. I mean, how many times have we have we seen teams uh, th- thinking about thinking about the Norwich game uh, against Middlesbrough? Middlesbrough scored five goals from in the six yard box. Five. Now we haven't scored five all season like that, but we did on Saturday, which was very pleasing. You know, to to, to cut a team to bits and finish up with a eight yard yeah. tap in, that's good football, and that, and that that was that was good. Uh, the only thing I'd, I'd, I'd argue with Claire was they didn't score until we made the substitutes. Mm. So you know you can't win, really, can you? And the manager manager made was late, or was it too early? You, 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 it's it's well, it's one of those things. I, I you agree absolutely with you with cannot,
1: you cannot, and you cannot uh, decide for that. Can you? Is he too late? Is he too early? You can't. In football, that manager has to make that decision at that split moment in time. Right, and that's his decision, and he has to stand by it. And I think Eustace oh. does stand by it, right? But, uh, and I, I, I enjoyed what I saw against Sunderland, but I went to the Stoke game, and I have never been so bored in all my life. Never. Mm-hmm. It was like, what am I doing here? I think it's fair to Where say. Where am I?
3: So there's <laughs> two teams that set the stall out from. The First kick of the ball, really. You know, those we were not safe, do you think, Craig? I, I, no, I don't think it was a case of safety, I think it was just a case of neither of them wanted to lose. Um, so it was beach, beach mode, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. you know, a ball held very much in either half, there was very, very little across the midfield from either team, um, and and, and arguably you know, I don't think either team deserved to to walk away with a with a loss on the day, but it's that typical end of season type of game where now, you know, had we have taken the points across the past two games, well and truly be safe. And going into Blackpool at the weekend, you would think, well, you know what I mean? He's got his opportunity now to try a few things out. Mm. <laughs> Whilst I don't think we'll go down, we're still not mathematically safe. We need those those extra points hopefully we'll gain those uh, t- tomorrow evening um, but it's was
4: tomorrow. tough game tomorrow very tough, tough game are you going we'll... to that? no I've got no. work the next day right. I'm not
3: striking <laughs> she's not striking on the, on Wednesday otherwise <laughs> she's going you know
4: you would if you could you would if you could you would if you could <laughs> I think you might
3: by Gordon <laughs> <laughs>
1: the in a spare time,
3: we're, 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 <laughs> with, you, <laughs> with Sunderland as well. I think the other thing was the fact you know, they are actually a decent side, Very you nice know, side. Um, they've done really well that's this season for me. Um, yeah. set, set up beautifully as a team, you know, they knew our weaknesses and you made sure that they were, were going after them. And um, I do agree, I think after the substitutions, that's where we saw more. For me, it makes a change. We normally see a strengthening in the Birmingham side when the uh, the subs happen, but we were definitely weaker after those those changes were made. And um, it it shows the holes as well for me that have got to be filled across the the summer and the areas that that we need to to strengthen on. And, and actually, again, nice little segue, but important announcements being made by the club over the past. Um, you know, a few days and, and the, the excitement being built again halfway through last week with the uh, the announcement of uh, the purchases of the club. Um, Sorry, potential purchases. Well, I, I think I, I, I'm going to say purchases because I think we're a lot further along than necessarily we all realise. Mm. Um, and the, the feel-good factor of changing those words in the announcement from investor to mm. purchase that made such a difference for me to everybody that I spoke to and but are they I, purchasing kidding. an investment
1: they're purchasing the club This oh, I know I'm cynical but like um, how many times have we been here
4: believe it when I see
1: it yeah. exactly Claire I'm with you 100% mate I promise you there's a,
3: there's a big difference with this one for me it's been kept quiet mm. you know it's mm. it's been done the right way and mm. you know, EFL. Sorry about um, that. You
5: yeah, sorry all I will say, I mean, I just always felt when people said about I me mean, going to Birmingham, I've been at Bolton 10 years and was desperate for a move. And uh, I went down there and uh, Freddie Goodwin said, well, I, I, I don't really want to get you. But Clifford Coombs saw us play uh, up at uh, Bolton and you won 3-0. Roger Hunt from Liverpool scored three and I'd knocked in the crosses so uh he says I have to buy you I said well I think you'll find I'll be a decent value it's only 15 grand <laughs> he always said he always said oh well you're the best value uh for money I ever bought I thought well that's not saying a lot because they got the money back when I went to Blackburn but <laughs> and they, I did feel with the with the Coombs family They were gen- genuinely interested At that yeah, time yeah, In yeah, the yeah, club yeah. And we know the Wiseman's yeah. Always have been And you just I know you say the It's nothing to do with the players they, You've just got to play But it is You know if your owners Genuinely believe in the club And the club doing well And it makes uh, It makes a heck of a difference And uh, I just feel From a player's point of view Sometimes we've had some Real bad pennies in the game And I know from the PFA Look at the difference with Bolton now, the previous owner at Bolton Wanderers nearly ran it down and they really needed a lot of help to to come alive again. And they have come alive and they're you know, they're showing the signs and they're doing well. And I just feel that's just what it needs at Birmingham. Somebody who genuinely believes in the club. You're the second city in the country, you've got a great fan core base, and I just feel again it's it's not dissimilar to uh to nineteen seventy when I just uh I remember going back to uh Bolton Wanderers and the the trainer Bert and he said, uh, have you signed, Gordon, have you signed? I said, Yeah, but I thought it was about time I had a change. He said, Oh I'm really pleased. I went, Oh bloody hell Bert. That was Bert and He'd played he played with England, and he he used to tell us the tales. He had to give the Nazi salute in the thirties. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he
0: played
5: with funny Man. Funny. He played with Man City. He played with Leeds, and he said, "Oh Gordon," he said, I, "I'm really sorry. Of course, I'm I'm really sorry to lose you, but my wife Agnes just asked me this morning because it was December. Would we be getting Christmas turkeys again?" <laughs> all the staff and I had to tell her that I'd asked Bill Ridden, and he said only if we sell Gordon Taylor to Birmingham so now we've all got turkeys uh, well you can make sure I get one as well Bert please that would be great oh we're good for
0: something then
5: yeah, it was good for something. Christmas turkeys. Yeah, They were that desperate. They were that desperate. Got <laughs> to stop the turkeys. Without, without,
1: without a forum like this, right, and without stories yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, they would be lost in time, right? Yeah, yeah, We've now got that recorded forever. And in 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years' time, somebody can come and click on this and listen to that story
3: and understand just what football really used to be like back in the day, proper. Mm-hmm. Gordon okay. one of the questions actually, just linked to what you've mentioned there about, you know, having owners that that love the clubs and want to take them forwards, one of the questions that came in was as you were part of the PFA and heading that up for the, the what's was 40 years? 40 Which is just years. absolutely superb. But the question was, how much involvement, if any, did you really get with the type of ownership of the clubs and Oh, taken so you knew you knew with the way the players were treated
5: exactly uh exactly how the club was being run you knew who was having a genuinely bad time and i would advocate to my committee that we loan them money till they get out of trouble and you'd be amazed how many clubs that you know the likes of middlesbrough and wolves and different clubs are Pretty big time now. Who were in real trouble, you know? In the, in the day, and Plymouth Argyle doing well now. And we had, we've had loans to them. I don't know if we've got all that back yet, but we did. You can lend money on the basis that we weren't risking our money because it's the players' money. And but uh, players need clubs, and players need employers. And we knew we had faith that the club would stay alive and they would still get the paybacks that they get from being in the Football League, where they distribute a share of television money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the security was there if the club had a future. And as you know, we uh, we very rarely have, have lost a club. Uh, before my day, uh, Bob Lord had Accrington Stanley out of the league, but they got back. And during my time, we just lost Maidstone. But with with when I was talking about saving the league, uh, and I mentioned, and they had to bring in the playoffs because the first division used to have a quarter of all the money. Then they had a half. Then they had three quarters. Then it was inevitable they were going to break away. So we had to look after the league and try and think of things like the playoff. But playoffs. But what we also did, if you remember as well, outside of the league, they used to even vote whether an outsider club could come in. And and they would all get together in the fourth division and just not not have people who deserve to be promoted and in there. So there is some f- real fresh water coming in as well uh, from the national league, and you've seen how that attracts money into clubs like Wrexham with the you know with the uh, yeah. film stars. But nevertheless, they you'd have to say they look really genuine lads who want to it's have so, a yeah. part of, of a bit yeah. of history. So. It doesn't take much to know the genuine owners from those who are in it for the wrong reasons. And I, just, I would just hope that Birmingham have got owners who really believe in the city and the club and its potential. Never underestimate the the strength of a crowd and playing in front of a crowd like you see at Birmingham, like you've talked about when we had those key games to just stay up in the first division. The crowd, The crowd effect is fantastic. It was great. And it just the same as when we're playing down at Lake Norion and needed to beat them. And I, you might well have heard the story, but I took a corner, Bob Latchford put it in. We had to win the game and and Millwall fans were at that game because they wanted us to lose. And Millwall fans yeah. invaded the yeah. pitch after we scored. And a, and a fan pulled a knife out on me and Alan Campbell and said, if you win this match, you're going to get this after the match. As though we were... As though that affected us, we won the game one 0 We're all in the bath. We're having champagne. We're at, we're just having beers. We're relaxing. We'd we'd got promoted, and then the loudspeaker came on and it said, "Please evacuate the ground. Evacuate <laughs> the ground. We've heard that a bomb is going to go off." And believe it or not, we didn't give a toss, and we were. We were <laughs> and the next the next minute, as as God's my judge. It went boom, and yeah. there was an incendiary device that they put in the stand that went off. Yeah. Well, no.
2: Gordon, <laughs> if you were in your old position, would you lend Birmingham City £10 million at the moment?
5: We <laughs> <laughs> never lend that much. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm
2: thinking i we, 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 never, we, never
5: we never lent that much, but we did lend, you know... I'm talking about maybe 10% of that, to make a difference between getting over the line and saving the club and not saving the club. Because if when you do your proper research into a club and you meet the people, you know those people who deserve a chance and who have got a chance. And you know also, if you have a good look, the con merchants.
4: Would you, well, you don't have would to answer do? this
1: next question. How did Carson Young pass the fit and proper person's test, a hairdresser? from China, a hairdresser.
5: Well, if you're asking me that, I mean, what I've said with the Football League is they have to have an independent, they have to need a measure of independence. It shouldn't be an old favours and old pals act or whatever you call it. It needs to be a strong independent judgment on clubs and proper audits done and clubs saved, for them, saved from themselves, to tell you the truth, because virtually all owners become supporters and they can, you know, reach for the sky and then end up with the parachute being pricked. Who's failed and, you know, Birmingham City Football
1: Club? Yeah. But, That's I failed. mean,
5: it is It is about, it's It's all about dreams. That's what makes the club alive. I'm talking to you before about the need to have promotion and relegation, not mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. like in the <coughs> USA, where, you know, they all know it's going to be the same system year after year, if you like, but where we try and, you know, promote, the Premier League, for all its money, isn't bad for trying to spread the money out and to try and, you know, keep it as competitive as possible. But even now, you see now it's it's sovereign state money that's, you know, yeah. buying and owning clubs like Manchester City so and Paris Saint-Germain. So it's getting harder and harder to really keep that competitiveness. But... The idea of sport is for it to be uncertain. It's, no, it's going to lose all its attraction if, if every match you go to, you know the result or the, how it's going to end before you sure. get there. So as exactly. all I'm saying is that Birmingham, when you look at, at other clubs and other core supporters and see what some of these smaller clubs have done, there's no reason why Birmingham shouldn't be rising to the top again. But we're not. So who oh,
1: failed? Who, who failed? Month. Birmingham City Football Club in the Carson Young deal. Mm. Who did? And I know it's a hard you know question. I do that is yeah. Yeah. Hang on,
5: hey, on. <laughs> will ever know, will we? We won't know. We
0: won't. Uh, Claire, you wanted to come in, Claire.
5: I think part of it oh, is, is about of where, problem, where we are now, and how we're going to go forward. Really, and I think. You know, it's no use crying over spilt milk. From that point of view, I'm talking. It's like about, somebody's taken eleven years out of my life.
1: Mm.
4: Gordon, would you would you know that you said about giving um, clubs money? Would you trust our owners now with any of the money if you were going to give them? <laughs> would you give it to them?
5: I think it's a it's a serious question and it's a serious question asked of me. And if I was at the PFA, we would want to know the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. And that would be not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of all the supporters of the club. Yeah,
4: that, good yeah. answer. My mum is impressed
1: with that answer.
5: She's like, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, bless
1: the Gibby's, mama, mama Gibby. <laughs> yeah, now you've
5: got to do it because the fans have got every right to know. It, it's the fans, in a way, they own the club, and it's about being as public as you can with the fans so they know where you're standing. There's, there's been
3: some further great questions that are, have come absolutely. in. So just to run through a few of them here, Gordon. So uh, the first one, um, you, you've mentioned actually your your last club yeah. being Berry, And Dave Twiner said, uh, what were your thoughts on Berry's demise, seeing that it was your last club? And you've obviously was, mentioned already you tried to help.
5: I uh, was very upset and I'm reminded when Man City beat Watford in the final, they said, oh, it's a record score. Barry won the cup in the beginning of the 20th century, you know, and I got the medal in the. a lot of the archives I've built up and the memorabilia with the PFA's collection. So it was a club close to my heart and uh, my wife's from Barry as well, just down the road from Gig Lane. So I was a frequent visitor and uh, played for the club, and I've tra- done my best, level best. I'm a member of the the association that's been formed since they uh, went bust, when the owners, you see, in a way, the league, again, when I talked about being independent and getting in there, the Football League allowed Berry to get promoted when they hadn't paid the players' wages and they hadn't paid the clubs who did bought players off. And they allowed them to be promoted, which affects once you start affecting the competitive nature of any competition, then there needs to be big questions asked. But uh, I've seen my local team Clitheroe playing the FA Cup with the other Berry team, that's that's playing on a borrowed ground at the moment, Radcliffe Borough. And when you think Gig Lane is a is a classic quality ground, so I've worked and worked to try to get them to combine, and I'm pleased to say they are doing now so the future is starting to look bright for them again because i I think it'd be a real crying shame to lose berry from the league
1: definitely when i saw that gentleman in his flat cap on the tv crying i joined him i promise that i joined him because you you some somebody and something has just taken away that man's whole life's worth of memories Mm. gone eradicated um and that's what I hate about our owners. I hate about our owners is is that well the last 11 we've won the Carling Court final, huh? Birmingham City winning a major trophy. Huh? Yeah. Craig. And then from then
3: to now, demise. And you mentioned that about stadiums, actually, which links again nicely into uh another question that came in, which is uh during your time in the PFA, we obviously had the uh, the reform, or should we say rebuilding, of, of Wembley Stadium. And Nigel Mann has asked, um, did you have any say in the, the Wembley Stadium decisions? Uh, were you involved in any of the negotiations, which, which ultimately swayed it away from the Midlands as well?
5: No, I didn't. That's purely uh, FA matter. I wasn't on the yeah. FA Council and. Nobody more than me knows how difficult it is. Getting down to Wembley, you kinda of park your car and it's all building there. It just does seem to be that holy grail that they won't move from oh, uh, yes. from Wembley. I was also struck though, talking about I mean, you had the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, same as we did in Manchester, not the Olympics, but it was still an opportunity to Birmingham show what it's made of. Mm-hmm. And no matter what people said, I thought it really showed Birmingham in a really good light. I Absolutely. Was, I was very, very pleased and proud of that. And I I just feel that uh, when I came just the other week and I went to every section of ground, the, the feeling from supporters was very warm. They were loving the occasions. There were so many different rooms and bars to talk to everybody. But it does need... That the the whole ground, when there were areas that aren't being used, it does need proper money spent on the infrastructure and a stadium worthy of being the second city in the country.
1: It's 20 odd years old, Gordon. It's 20 odd years old. And I've seen photographs and videos of the underneath that stadium, and it's completely
5: and utterly. Rotten. Back yeah, twenty years. Yes. I know, and that's why it needs good money. To I mean, you don't want people saying, "Oh, you spent it all on the stadium." We've got a bad team, mm-hmm. but neither do you want a really good team, and you've not looked after the spectators because that's what we're talking about. And if you want to talk about it, it's spectators <clears> and the comfort <throat> and a top quality stadium, and and not forget that you know you you've got to, the next steps: get a top quality team on the pitch for them to look at.
1: When Golden Sullivan mm. put that stadium together, wh- 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 how long we talked about thirty years ago, perhaps? But mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yeah. right. And I was like, what? Oh, you're <laughs> going to take my Tilton Road down. You're going to take my cop down where I have stood with my dad and my family and my cousins and my sisters and my brothers, and I've had my air on up there every single week. And then all of a sudden, it transformed into this beautiful blue and white stadium." Which is worthy? I mean, th- th- those three sides—they're worthy of any, any any Premier League team. They are right. The main stand, sorry, Ray, has got to go as soon as possible. Um, but like, even e- I mean, this is just how I look, right? Do you know the cop. When the sun shines through the cop and there's a shadow on the floor, the reason there's a shadow on the floor is because the uh, the builder's at the time. Um, and Birmingham City apparently won an award for this, right? There should be no shadow on that floor, right? But they put all of the anti-shadow stuff upside down when they built it. Hmm? Look into <laughs> it, I promise you it's true. That's true, mate. Right? Yeah. It's, thanks, Alan. Thanks, that is, Alan. That's true. That is and, and we won an award. We won a flipping award for it, and we've still got a shadow. Now I'm gonna go on to catering. Oh my god, no. city, you are a disgrace. No. You are a complete and utter disgrace. When I send my other half up together. A gourmet sausage, and she comes back with one of those 10 pence little sausages you get out. You are disgraceful. I, I promise I, you. I, go I'm gonna admit,
4: Nick, Nick, I saw your picture, and I was stood by that van. And you was what? I was stood by the van and the, the, the food that you're talking about. And your picture was totally different to what they were serving, so I don't know where you were. Well, went. I'm
1: awfully sorry, but that's what you bought. It. It was totally different.
4: <laughs> like, Perhaps I just didn't like it. Literally, I was there, and I saw it on my phone. And my friend had one, and I was like, "I don't know where they would
1: be. I think he brought it with him. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. where, I, where I was there, bar eight, come out of bar eight, turn left, and yeah. it said "gourmet food" on the top of this thing. I said, down yeah, nah, there; you'll get good food in there, my dear." <laughs>
4: I just don't go there again. <laughs> just go and get a pie. Do you know oh, what? I've got oh, a you lot.
1: know what? No. Oh, I'm sorry. I like the chips and they were brilliant. I'm with Claire. I like pie every taste. week. I have a pie every week. £4.53 or whatever. 4 Not have a little sausage <laughs> in a bun that was that dry, it just broke in half.
4: Have one from inside the ground or go to Fat Snags and then you'll get a perfect <laughs> sausage. Sausage.
3: Okay. Get, get the I've street seen, uh, food. Street
5: food. <laughs> the football side of things. You know. I, I, I went I went to a lot of supporters' club rooms. I went. I've never been in all my time at the Blues. I never visited every stand. And the other week, I went round every stand and saw so many places where people were eating, drinking, enjoying it. Yeah. And uh, I, I couldn't believe it. I thought it. You know, it was really good atmosphere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We got posh food now, uh, Gordon. Posh food. Yeah. We sell posh
3: street, food. Street, street well, food. Apart, street apart from that, what else had the other half? A-O. Yeah. On to on on the footballing side of things as well, and again, it's a, a question that that that's coming. PFA's involvement with the with the ladies' game, and and a massive shout out to Birmingham at the moment. Huge positive run there on. You know, let's <coughs> keep this positive momentum <coughs> going because we can still still get that promotion, but. What, what involvement did the PFA have or does they, do they have? We, uh, Straight away in, in 2005, Fulham were the
5: first club to bring in uh, professionalism for their women. And we got involved then and uh, encouraged them to join the PFA and uh, have all the clubs in the top division as members. And then we've also helped clubs outside of the top division if they've had injury problems and need help or help for operations during my time, because I feel uh, I wasn't surprised. I was very pleased that they won the Euros and they deserved it. And we had uh, Steph Houghton uh, on we had Steph Houghton on the management committee of the uh, of the PFA. And together with the uh, the other lady, who's now uh, managers in America, who managed uh, Man United at the time so I just felt it's it's the it's got to be the way ahead and when mm-hmm. when schools and and football clubs are asking for help from the Football Foundation which uses the money from the pools I then you want to know the diversity record you want to know are they going to provide football uh for women as well as men and uh is it going to be for the use of the community and then that dictates that dictates the grant so, that's very much on the forefront of uh, everybody's... Well, certainly it was at the forefront of my mind. I hope it's at the forefront of my successor the PFA as well.
3: Have and actually, you heard
4: anything, Gordon? Sorry, Craig. Um, okay. I've heard a rumour about the Women's game that they want to cut off the WSL to so the teams that are already there. Um, they, were, they were talking about it the other day, the Chelsea manager one. i, what I mean, it's just gone out of my head. Um, Emma Hayes was saying about you know to keep it competitive and things like that. Obviously, at the moment there isn't really much. You know, one goes up and then they have to then play each other from the north and south league. I don't know what was your feelings about that. I've only heard rumours.
5: on it, it it would be. It's a good question because I believe you know, healthy competitive game is about mm. encouraging promotion. And relegation, it's that free flow and encouraging teams to set up and believe they can come to the very top. We've seen it in football with the likes of Wimbledon and Watford in Elton John's day. I saw it with Blackburn Rovers when suddenly Jack Walker came into town and put his money uh, behind the, the town where he grew up. And suddenly you have a magic carpet ride, and that can apply for women's football as well as men's. Yeah.
1: And, oh. yeah, sorry, 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 Gordon. Going back to your blues days. If you get any sort of mementos or souvenirs you kept from your playing days of blues, do you, you want,
5: for do you want to give them or to or me? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got <laughs> a trophy. So I've got a trophy up here, where, which uh, I think. Might be one of very few in the game for coming third in the FA Cup when we beat been. Oh, specific. is that like the third
1: place playoff? Yeah, oh, okay. third place
5: playoff. We played. I thought you was going to say it was the Aston Villa Catering Award then for a minute. <laughs> I don't think... They don't. We're they played, don't do Yeah, we played place. Stoke for the third place playoff in 1972, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 72. And I've got a tankard. I've got a tankard somewhere here so when did they stop
0: the third place playoffs I I
5: thought they I think they began it and finished it that year (laughs) it's going to be one hell of a
1: unique piece of kit so that's
0: even more valuable than than ever now I think you should I think you should give that us
1: I think you should
5: get that on yeah. Antique Roach. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I would have... Uh, I'm just looking at what I've got. I would have liked to give you more than that. Oh, well, yeah. well,
0: crikey. Have you got you, a you got?
5: I would have loved nothing better than giving you an FA Cup winner's medal to have, to have on show. Oh, yeah. Well, funnily enough, can I just tell you a story? When, yeah, of course. When um, I was a youngster, and Ashton Underline, and uh, a council house estate, and there was a recreation ground. And as I said before to you, if it was holidays, morning, afternoon, if it was school times, we used to nick to the school ground at night. But uh, we're all playing away, coached down for goals, and then suddenly a bit like Watership Down, the builders started coming in and building on it. And we were reduced to a smaller and smaller area. And then one day, one of the bricklayers came in and it, he said, uh, I've just seen all you lads, you're here, you know, even before we come and, you, and you're here, even when we're going away. And he said, uh, I need to show you this. from," uh, And he got a medal out that belonged to his dad. I'm sure it was his dad, not his granddad. His dad. And it was... We had a look at the medal, and it was Blackburn Rovers in 1928. And his father was, well, he was called Ross Camp, John Ross Camp. And he scored the quickest goal at Wembley in a cup final. Wow. Uh, And he he scored for Blackburn Rovers. But they had, the family had brought it over and he's, he, what he said was, I hope one day one of you lads will get one of these. And, of course, we never did, but I got three semifinals. But the other day when I was at Blackburn Rovers, the family had brought that same medal over to no. put, put into a glass frame as you walk into Ewood Park. <laughs> and they, kept, they brought, I went to speak to the community club and the olden about the game when I was there. And they took me to see that, and I had my picture taken with it. So that was a bit of a full circle, really. Wow. That is incredible. (laughs) Incredible.
1: That's right. You have an OBE. Um, What does OBE stand for? Is it Old Birmingham X or...? um, (laughs) It's... um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Other
5: other bugger's efforts. I think <laughs> I think it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a, an officer of the British, British Empire. Empire it is, yeah. it right, is so it's an order of the British Empire. Yeah,
1: yeah. order, of the, order Empire. of the British Empire. Okay. Yeah. Um, how were you nominated for that? And how did you how did you know
5: about it? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know I was nominated, but it did tie in with when we had a centenary year. For the pfa we were formed in 1907 in manchester uh the chairman of that first meeting was billy meredith a well-known welsh winger and great player for man city and man united when they won their first ever fa cup in 1909 i think bristol city they beat, and uh it had been it had gone to gordon brown apparently and uh he'd he'd approved it he was the prime minister then and so suddenly I get a, a letter to say uh, you've been ordered the uh, the OBE for your efforts for football and charity, because the PFA runs a lot of charities as well, and uh, we want to know if you'd be prepared to accept it. So I said, yeah, I'm pleased, but I'll accept it on behalf of not just myself, everybody at the PFA for what we yeah, yeah. But don't you think
0: that every Birmingham City fan I'm should sure. be given an
5: OBE? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree. I totally agree. Well, I mean, in fairness, Prince Charles, who's now the king, said about time too. And I thought, well, yeah, we have we have helped the prince's trust as well. But <laughs> yeah, they, yeah.
1: yeah
5: well, Anyway, true. that that was that was that. It's um, there's a lot, a lot of people refuse them, but I thought that would be rude. It's nice to do. People that. refuse
1: OBEs.
0: Yes, yes they, they do. Yeah, Yeah.
5: Really?
0: Okay. That, uh, famously the Beatles,
3: didn't we? Yeah. They John Lennon did, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, Craig, programmes. Yeah, programmes. It's uh, a bit of a a, a topic that, that has arisen this afternoon. And uh, for those that, that may or may not have seen it yet, um, look out for an email from the club in regards to whether programmes – being paper or e programs should actually continue in your thoughts on them. Um, I've got to say, I've, I've well,
5: you're, you're, asking, you're asking the wrong person with me because <laughs> I've still got the very first cut in involving me and football, I've still got my Charles Bookens gift books, I've still got every autograph book. So, I mean, I've still got a program of every match I played in, but if you ask my wife, she'd say. It's just a load of rubbish. <laughs> I, can't wait. I can't fit any more in. So, I've... Gordon, sorry, <laughs> I... stop there, stop there, Gordon. Bring the wife in. Let's talk to the wife. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> when I left the PFA, I've had to organise two storage rooms in Great Harwood near here for all my stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I love, I love programmes and looking, love looking through them. Yeah. This, this, this is the. The, the i guess the I, I know is what these days this, everything's digital and it's DJ on your phone yeah. and it's this and that but i'm 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 not good with digitization i'm really sorry and it's the same i used to you know we. Had, i used to love ringing people and discussing issues not sending emails and not, mm-hmm. I'm, not an, I'm not an email person and i'm not an email person by a new modern phone. I'd, I'd much rather talk to each other like this and talk to people on the phone. That's the way I am, and I don't want to change now.
1: Or going down to the bottom of the Coventry Road and wait for the pink. Um, yeah, exactly.
5: Nothing better than the, on, the Saturday the pink, night. Sports, Argus and the pink. <laughs> exactly. And whether it's cricket or football or Blimey, Ashton and I—we even went to the Speedway on a Saturday night, Peter Craven and what have you, mm, Bellevue. Been, yeah. It was just non-stop sport. Bellevue, so, oh, where was that? Was that Coventry? No, it's
0: uh, up north, that's uh, Manchester. Oh, Bellevue, is, Bellevue in uh, Manchester. is Manchester.
5: What was the yeah. one in Coventry? Because it used to be one in uh, the right. What Bellevue be Speedway, yeah. yeah, yeah Peter yeah. Craven was their uh, star was, rider. He yeah. was, yeah. Brandon, was there?
3: Brandon. Coventry. Coventry was Chris is yeah. a bit of a Speedway guru, Yeah, by the Co- way, So yeah. Coventry's
0: Brandon, yeah. Yeah, commentary
3: bandage. so On this, I'd like to run a quick straw poll uh, for our, our listeners, actually, and and please, as well, encourage you all to fill in the survey that's come from the club so that the right decisions are made. But uh, just a quick straw poll with everyone: keep the programme as paper mm. or not? Simple question: yes or no to paper? Please let us know on the shape box. Yeah. I'm so, just
4: so. let you know it, it might be in the junk mail because I've just I've just had mine.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So thank I you smile, just it
4: might
0: yeah, be it sure. might be junk <sighs> okay
1: I wish I, I wish I could read sometimes <laughs> <laughs> right well, said another that? controversial question because I love asking controversial questions which you do not have to answer your thoughts on Seth blatter. he um, was uh, yeah
5: he was he was uh, a little bit slippery uh once we
4: that
5: He he was uh he liked to de- be diplomatic with everybody. He worked his way up from being secretary, of course, to being chairman. Avalanche had, had that job. Um he didn't like it when uh, I had to take him on once or twice. Uh, When he gave me chance to speak, then I would and once it down, he'd say, "Yes, we've heard enough now, Mister Taylor." And I say, "No, I've not finished yet." Because when we got the Bosman decision, that was about freedom of contract in Europe, but not the world. And we said it has to be the world, otherwise we've got a big imbalance. And so we got that through. He liked he liked to think he acknowledged players, but what he would like to do is pick out star players from each country Mm -hmm. and. The, just the celebrities, rather than the actual union that was the players' union in that country. So he was, he uh, was that sort of a person. I don't like talking bad about people, but it was. Uh, I'm not asking
1: to promise. I promise you. Yeah, I'm not it was. You.
5: Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, you had to wake up early in the morning to make sure you were on your toes. Yeah. Um, okay. before, That's it. That's we go, uh, before we
3: go, before we go on to your one to eleven, I just. Uh, like to put out there, we started in the show uh with Mr. Hipkiss a uh a version of uh, start sub and sell. Yes. And uh just to put this out here now it's toughy, this is uh, mm. really is. But start sub and sell for today is Benno, Mike Taylor, or Ben Foster? Who, who would you sub and who would you sell I lost a bed mate I lost a bed Craig I promise you So no way I can I answer that one It's Sorry. a Sophie that one can I,
2: can I just say in my personal opinion no? this is based purely on technical ability I'd start Foster.
4: I'd sub Taylor and I'd, I'd sell Benno as much as I love him I totally agree with you on that one because you oh, know I've what, Beno- Mark, I've got Benno signed. <sighs> fight, 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 on. fight. <laughs> <laughs> I love, no, I loved, I loved all three of them. But the thing is, Benno, Benno did it in the in the,
1: the old second division and the championship. The other two have done it top level I mean, and international yeah, wise. And I love it's, you back. know, it's just one of them. All right, Mark, like, okay, we'll go with that one. Mm-hmm. Claire, I'll go with your. Yours as well.
2: No, uh, <laughs> I'd, sw- I'd swap them round. I'd, sw- I'd I'd have Taylor rather than uh, Foster for longevity. 18, right. eight oh, eight long. five seasons or whatever it was with us, uh, and he did get picked for the Premier League best 11 one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <clears throat> I and he, and he works for us now. So yeah, he does. But then he Foster got
1: Foster got man of the match in the Carling Cup. Uh, yeah. what a I, horrible question. Who come up with this one? I
0: know. Somebody's yeah. actually somebody's actually agreed with uh, with Mark today as well. So oh, I think some, some old drunk, I don't know where he's come from.
5: <laughs> where, where does, where, where does, uh... Where does Gil Merrick come in back
0: then? Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, he's, he's in our um, All of Fame team, isn't he? He's a uh, yes. good Quick Brown, quickly,
5: last 15 minutes. Okay, last, fi-
0: last 15 minutes as we, we were talking about computers and digital downloads and technology. It, the last 15 Ooh. is going to be computers, digital downloads, uh, technology. And technology, yeah, here we go. go.
1: Yeah. This is where we have a lap, Gordon. And what we do in the last 15 minutes, anybody can uh, make a reference to a anything to do with football. And those words of Chris have just come out with, right? Yeah. And believe me, sometimes I wet myself doing this on the show. That's nothing to do I, with the gig show. I have plastic feet under me bum, at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> how about, Oh, then how about, how about Nokia Ziggich?
3: Nokia Ziggich? Oh, good oh, one. Well done. You're no, okay. it's, uh, oh. it's not as good as Mark Meredith who has started. I'm going, already. Ryan Gigabyte. <laughs> hey, good one. <laughs> well done. Mark Meredith has said, uh, Dealey had a PC. <laughs> I was right. Why have I been waiting for that one? One in all four corners. <laughs> oh dear, dear, um, dear. So, Gordon, if we could uh, come over to yourself, uh, we, as we do with all of our guests, we ask for uh, the one to eleven of, of players that stood out when you've been at the club, and uh, I, I've seen this in advance, and it, obviously before before my era. But I've spoke to my dad, and he just simply went, "Way, well, what a team!" So uh, over to yourself for the, uh, the 1-11, please.
5: Right. Um, phew, it's not easy because <laughs> in my time, Paul Cooper was a good young keeper and Mike Kelly, but I'd go with Dave Latchford. Yes. And uh, I'd go with Dave Latchford. I know he's like his brother, Pete Latchford, had some goalkeeping blood in that family, as well as goal scoring blood. Uh, at right back, it. Of course, this is the lad, Tommy Carroll, who played with his for his country, but Ray Martin made me feel very welcome when I went down to Birmingham, and I thought he was a class act, and uh, I thought he was also a good captain, so Ray Martin had been my right back. Ray Martin. Uh, Gary Pendry has been a lifetime friend since... Uh, oh, yeah, but what would we give a player like that
0: now?
5: Mm. Uh, Gary Pendry, left back there, yeah, yeah. and uh, centre-backs, Roger Hind, well, oh. he, I know he's just... Uh, nephew of bill Shankley but he had shankley blood in him and he was as tough as teak really he was like desperate down i remembered when we played at, <laughs> when we played at swindon town they were they were having a new ground and uh, so we all got ready in the porter cabin and he was practicing his jump ups before the game and uh the ceiling was made of almost like an asbestos type material and he went Put his head straight through it. Came out the game. It was a real desperate damn moment. That was Roger. And if you were, when we we're on, we we're on tour once, and we were, we were seeing who could dive the deepest. So they said, "Well, get some pebbles in your hand, go down, and then come up after a bit." And uh, I did that. And of course, Roger. Then it was, it was about thirty foot deep, and uh, of course hadn't been down there, but. He came, he finally, we thought, oh my God, he's drowned. And he came up and <laughs> he, knew, he, he, he knew he'd Come been But he was, uh, he was, he was a great bro. And Stan, <laughs> Harland, Stan <laughs> Harland was, was, was good. He, he was experienced. He Experience. he Captain Swindon, when they'd won the League Cup against QPR at, at Wembley, he was a really good uh, acquisition. In midfield, Alan Campbell, I thought was a, a perfect midfield player. To supply me out on the wing there, uh, and uh, really relished. Uh, he, he reminded me at times of Freddie Hill, the England international who I'd played with at Bolton Wanderers. Um, on the right, Malcolm Page is as strong, dour quality, the you know, perfect team player as well. And nice mustache uh, as well. <laughs> sorry,
1: nice mustache as well.
5: Yeah, <laughs> um. Where was that? I've Um, now got you.
0: You're up to go to uh, Malcolm Page. Malcolm Page.
5: To Malcolm Page. I'm now talking some quality now. Then if I'm moving, uh, all quality. On the I'd go midfield right. Trevor Francis, uh, Mm -hmm. 16 years old. He was the best player I've ever seen in the world. Ironically, just a few weeks after joining you in. December, and I'm in my first game against Carlisle. Just a few weeks later, we went, we were on a run. We had a run of about 16 unbeaten games, but we played my old team, Bolton Wanderers, and we beat them 4 0, which was a bit rough when you've just played for them, but, and you know they're struggling, but he scored every single goal and he was just 16 years old, and that had to be very special. And I think, uh, obviously, the first million pound player, uh, yeah. He, he uh, of course, he scored when the Forest, when he won the European Cup, and Brian Clough never even congratulated him. And uh, but he, yeah, that he was, uh, he was quality then, quality throughout his career. But he, he did get a lot of injuries. Bob Hatton was the epitome of a goal scorer, and uh, also Bob Latchford. Uh, I wasn't surprised when we swapped him for Howard Kendall, and he went to Everton. He became the Premier League's top goal scorer and got a special, got a special uh, cash award, and uh, I would have loved to have played in that team, but I can't pick myself. So another <laughs> lad who I thought would would do well there with uh, Phil Summerall, Summerall, That's yeah, brilliant player, uh, 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 yeah, local.
1: Mm. And, I and think, uh, you know, not being disrespectful, like Mark, there,
5: uh, you, you guys, would I don't, have been, who are they? Have us? Us. I, don't, like, I think Kenny Burns, I might have as substitute because he could play centre forward or centre out. And he ended I up, up the road road
0: from he, ended up, he ended up right, being so, player of the year as
2: right,
5: well. So. Yeah. And what about your manager? Uh go ahead. Go Well, I, I mean um it, in fairness, Freddie Goodwin signed me, yeah. even though it was the chairman who wanted me. And he <laughs> did admit to it being the best value for money signing, even though uh, I only cost him 15 grand and it wasn't saying much. But he did he did give us a chance. I was ready for a move. Uh I'd enjoyed watching him when he was a Busby Bay, when he got in the United team after they'd been destroyed at Munich. He'd also been at Leeds United. He was a, he was a massive fan of Don Revy. And, of course, you know, Don Revy was, uh, well, acknowledged as a, a quality player. And as a manager, he should have won a lot more. But he was he's always a little bit scared of the opposition. And... Um, there you go, but uh, mm. I'd say Freddie Goodwin, Jim Smith, I enjoyed, who, who later went to Birmingham, but I, I, I think it's fair enough to say that uh, I was happy with Freddie Goodwin. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people were.
4: Gordon, did you have
1: much to do with Cluffy over the years? I know he wasn't Blues, but you know yeah. you're dealing with Brian Clough.
5: As the a, as a PFA, yeah, I've got.
1: Yeah.
5: Well, uh, oh, he's
0: got his own uh, file, hasn't
5: he? <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I, oh God. I went. I went to Notts Forest one day. Gary Mills had been injured, but he he'd got fit again, and his contract said he should have some money. So I went. I went down there early. Got there really early, and Brian's uh, assistant was uh, Ronnie. Ronnie Fenton. Ronnie Fenton. Well done, Ronnie Fenton. <laughs> sorry, uh, Brian. Brian can't see you yet. This I'm talking like nine nine thirty. And I said, "What? What? what is it? Oh, well, uh, he, he's just got some parish priests visiting. So I said, oh, fine. So I waited. And then next minute, I went to see Ronnie again. It's now about 11 o'clock. Uh, oh, well, they're due to play Celtic. And uh, there's trouble with the Celtic fans. And they're all outside queuing up for tickets. So Brian's gone out to appease them. And sure enough, he had his arm around him, leaving the forest ground car park. I thought, why, mate? So they said, well, don't worry, <laughs> Uh, if, if you could just go and have some lunch with a director. And so it it went on like this till about five o'clock at night. And then I thought, I'm just going to go home. And then he said, no, oh, he's ready to see you now. So I went in to see him and, he, you know, how are you, son? Those things. I'm a big union man. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know that. He said, uh, what is it you want? I told him. He said, oh, yeah, it's done. Yeah, no problem. I'll do that. I'll do that for you. And by the way, just I'm going out the door. He said that uh, it was a bit like Columbo. You know, have you ever watched the detective? <laughs> <laughs> he just comes up with another one. He went, oh, just, just, just one more question. Where are you going tomorrow? It was a Friday. I said, well, at weekend, you know, I get home, I try and go a bit locally. He went well. He said, hmm. Uh, he said, oh, and by the way, I've forgotten to give you this gift. And he gave me a cut glass decanter, not for his decanter, and he said, you'll be like my wife. You'll never see me. And I'm like, thanks very much. And then he said, uh, yeah, he said, oh, I don't think I can do the deal because he said, uh, my brother, we're up at Everton tomorrow, and my brother's going up, and he's not got anybody to sit next to him. <laughs> and I said, well, he's a big lad. <laughs> 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 said, I want you to be that man to keep him company. So that was improving. Him, but, and I, so I went, yeah, that's OK, because Howard Kendall was a manager at Everton. He'd gone back. He'd, he'd, he'd been at uh, Preston, he'd been at Everton, he'd been at Birmingham, yeah. of course. And then he'd managed Blackburn and then he'd gone to Everton. But the fans would daub in his door with paint and everything else. And uh, anyway, I rang him, I said, I'm going to see you tomorrow. He said, Oh God, the fans are after me, like, you know. And uh, I said, I've got to keep Rangos brother company. So watched the game. He'd signed Andy Gray from Villa, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bad word. Peter Reed came on and next minute they just won every game. They won the title and they qualified. I think they've qualified for Europe. If you remember uh but they didn't they couldn't get into Europe because we were banned.
0: Oh that's always, really terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Always,
5: They always blame Liverpool for that. Yeah, but yeah. nevertheless, that, that was the game and so I kept Brian Clough's brother company. <laughs> and uh got the job done for Gary Mills so when you asked me did I come across fluffy? <laughs> there's quite a few stories but I haven't got enough time to tell <laughs> I'll well,
1: you I, I know one thing I
5: know, I one, he thing, I know one thing I know one thing I know one thing you turned to Kenny Burns when he played a square ball these days how many square balls across the area and slow build up Kenny Burns played a square ball across his area, and he whistled him off. And he said, "If I ever see you do that again, you won't play for me again." So,
0: <laughs> oh,
3: Craig, you've got you, Craig,
0: you've got a minute to minute to reel off about a minute's worth, and then Nick, it's time to go.
3: Go on, Craig. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've had quite a few <laughs> This one's got a, a big time with uh, a Walter Mouse Pandiana oh, No. Uh, Mark Brooks, do the other webcam. Uh, <laughs> Dave Twain with uh, Flash Gordon. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Jason Hughes. He's really thought about this one with Control E, uh, Control Alt, and Dilly Atabola. <laughs> Delete. That's very good. Um, D V T Atabola from Pete Taylor. What's more Dilly getting the stickball tonight? Right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Nigel Mann's been thinking about it as well with USB under Steve Bruce. Oh, clever, uh, clever. We've had uh Michael Woods, Kevin Key Broadhurst, clever. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we've got uh Gary Meg, son, mm. Meg, more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we've got USB Carsley, we've got Hard Dive. Hard knife, yeah. Pad said, check and spell and do <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read uh, Paul Hibkessy's, even though no, it is quite no, funny. No, 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 uh, right. <laughs> all your Paul, bunny. Your bunny. <laughs> oh, that's... Got, uh, Neil Darkweb, Hotter Notebook, I thought was very good as well. But for me, Mark Brooks has won it with Alexa Sanchez.
1: Very oh, good. Him. Very oh, good. There.
3: Over to you, Nick. Wow. Well,
1: how about you. You know what? Uh, you know what? Nights like this don't come around very often. No. But they don't. In our midst tonight, a gentleman, a perfectly wonderful gentleman, who I revered as a child, uh, and went on to be, was it Chief Executive of the, of the PFA? and mm-hmm. OBE? Oh, yeah. An OBE? Yeah. And I'm not joking you, mate. I promise you, Gordon. If there's... Any time you just want to get rid of all this tat... <laughs> yeah, I'll give you my
5: address. It's not sad. can't call it's, it's He's royalty. He's, he's, royal he's Thank you. Well, Rick. Mr. Pixar,
1: thank you very much, sir. Good night. God bless you. you. care.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And have a lovely evening, everybody. Speak to you all next week. And more. Oh, up... a... More
1: talking. Yeah, take care, you. everyone. Have a good week. Speak thank you, soon. everybody. It's been, it's been a real pleasure seven to seven see and speak
5: four. Four. to you all. Real pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and, and you no. God, what, it's what, been
1: all It's been a ours. What's 4477. I don't know
2: why that keeps appearing. <laughs> that must be something to do with He's a secret agent. <laughs> net, practice, net practice tomorrow. Um, right, uh, Claire,
1: it's brilliant to see you back from Poland. And that journey, you will never forget, I promise you. I promise you, yeah. and I know that you will tell so many people to do that same journey. Because oh, you're very
5: brave guy. It is. Like, I think oh, you're very brave, going here. You're to be
1: applauded for it, yeah. It is life-changing. Auschwitz and Birkenhau, for me. Uh, certainly my other half, whose son was killed in Afghanistan, yeah? mm mm-hmm. um, And I was really worried about taking her. We got through it, and... 20 seconds. We well, have amazing memories. Old.
4: Thanks for right. tomorrow.
1: Let's go God bless, take care. Uh, Chris Brown.
0: Yeah, Great. good Thank evening. Thank you very much, and cheers to Gordon.
1: And a guy that has served Birmingham City Football Club. Like that, I watch run down the wing. Um, and he's got himself to like PFA on something of our an OBE. He's got an OBE. OBE. What's up? <laughs> good night. God bless. Take care. And Gordon Taylor, Gordon Taylor, ex Birmingham City. What an absolute legend! Love it,
5: mate, I loved it. Thank you for when your so company. It's been really enjoyable. Following the blues, we love you. one more can we say?